Welcome to Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio preaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. Today we're going to listen to the second part of a message called, I Bring You Good News of Great Joy. And our heart for you is that you would continue to revel in the good news of Jesus come at Christmas to save us. Now think about this. Most people live their lives in some sort of Santa Krampus cycle. We try to make sure that our good outweighs our bad. We have even many people, including some people who sort of claim to be Christian. They have a sense that somehow I'm hoping that I get at least 51% good things to outweigh the 49% bad things so that I enter with a Santa experience with God and not a Krampus experience with God. Now, however foggy that is and however well thought out that is, it isn't usually well thought. It is definitely not scriptural. God's standard for us is 100%. Either 100% do good, righteousness, holiness, or you have failed. But when we think of Santa and Krampus of doing good and trying to outweigh the bad and and avoid the sin and avoid the things we shouldn't do, this is basically the outline of all religions. All religions in some way have a saying, I need to do more good to outweigh the bad. And then whoever, whoever is the deciding factor will reward me accordingly either with a trip to heaven or if reincarnation, I'll come back as something better or whatever the thing is, all religions are structured around doing good and avoiding bad except for one. And that is Christianity. The gospel or the good news is that there is a God that loves us more than we deserve. Who sent his son, Jesus, to do everything good for us to offer us the gift of salvation. Here's the question every one of us has today. What are you going to do with the good news? You see, good news is good, but unless you do something with it, it might as well be bad news or irrelevant news. Jot this down secondly, quickly. We have good news in the story of redemption. The story of redemption Back to the text, look at verse 12 in Luke chapter 2. The angel continues. He says, and this will be a sign for you, something you can see. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And then the angels went away. Now think about those two really quickly. Peace. Earlier, the angel said that I'm bringing you good news of great joy. Joy and peace. You could call these the cycle of grace. Joy and peace sound so good. Honestly, you know, I'm, I'm excited for Christmas. I know my love language isn't gifts, but we all like getting gifts. There's some kids in my family that do have the love language of gifts, and they've been um, basically ready since September. Um, gifts. We all want gifts. As you get older, gifts maybe mean a little bit less. Here's the gifts I think we would all like. 
What if there was a gift that gave me joy for the next year? What if there was a gift that put all my anxieties at peace? What if I had a tranquility in my spirit? No more all night up worrying and thinking and bitter and dark. What if my heart for a year was filled with joy and peace? Now, really, these two, you could say, feed off of each other. The more joy I have, the more likely I am to be at peace. When my heart is at peace, I'm often more susceptible to joy. Joy and peace. Look up here. You know, it seems to me that the older we get, the more elusive peace and joy are. I'm not just talking about, you know, think of children when they're two and three. Some of the kids that were up here, this was so much fun. I, I just enjoy, I don't, I think they were singing a song, but I just, I love watching the kids. And the joy they have on Christmas morning, their eyes lighting up. But you know, the interesting thing about kids and adults is how time changes us. Think about this. You can have a two-year-old child or three, and I've had a couple of boys. They walk outside, they find a stick. You give them a gift, they pick the stick. They go around with the stick. They're happier. They imagine all kinds of things with their sticks, swords and this and that, and they have a great time with a stick. Or they see a, a puddle, and the puddle inspires joy. I must jump in the puddle, and it brings joy. But then we get older. And all we see is a stick, yard work that needs to be taken care of. We see a puddle, a grouping of muddy water to be avoided. Joy and peace becoming more and more elusive. How do we regain this joy and peace? Well, really, part of the good news is the fact that not only is Jesus just announced but that as our story intersects his story, we're promised peace and joy. Have you ever thought about this? Yeah, I was thinking about some of the Christmas songs we sing. Things we would never say anywhere else. What if you heard somebody allude to something like this? What if they, uh, you were talking to them or you overheard something like this? You better watch out. He's making a list and checking it twice. Are we talking about the mafia here? He sees when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been good or bad. So be good for goodness sake. Forget about crying or pouting. Just call the cops. Like, you don't think it's Santa or Krampus that most of us in this room are worried about. But you know, there's adult versions of Santa and Krampus that stir up our hearts. It's a culture that is pushing us on an adult version of the Santa Krampus cycle, if you will, or treadmill. Think about how we respond to social media, which is a reflection of how much people like us or don't like us or just don't care or annual reviews, or the in-laws and their opinions that I'm thinking are coming in a week. So we virtue signal, so we don't get canceled. 
And all the meantime, as we're thinking about what people think of us in the outer world and how they're going to review us and what their opinions are of us and hoping that we don't get put in the wrong light inside of us, we think of the guilt and shame we carry, the failures and foolishness, the hopelessness and even worthlessness, the expectations I can't keep, the burdens I carry, the brokenness and addiction that walk with me day by day. God save me from myself. So we do social good works today and every day as a way of somehow boosting our self-righteousness and hoping that it's good enough to please the people around me and maybe the God that made me. All of this in a never-ending cycle of madness. That's nothing new. It's as true now as it was 2,000 years ago. And into that madness is when the angel says, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all people. Jesus Christ himself said some 30 years after this text, he said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, rest for your soul. God invites us to experience his redemptive story, to intersect again our story with his, to join his story of redemption. This is one of the most important things you can understand about God. God is not Santa. I have nothing against Santa, okay? I'm not anti-Santa. Be clear on that. And I don't want cramp, somebody dressed up as Krampus showing up at my door this week, okay? I don't care about that, okay? Here's what I want you to understand about the God of eternity, that he is not with a birch stick ready to whip you. He sent his son to die for you, to pay for your penalty. He loves you and raised his son from the dead so that we could have hope in this life and in eternity. He gave his son because he loves you. He is willing to do what you can't do. He's willing to go above and beyond to put you in a place of righteousness with him. He loves you that much. That is the God of redemption. The God of redemption loves to write redemptive stories. And think about this. What if you could open up a gift this Christmas and inside was a magical note that said, you can change anyone's story that happened over the last year. Imagine how awesome that would be. Here's the thing about the gospel. God doesn't just let us go back and change one thing. He changes all of our story and brings us into his story. God is a redemptive God. He even uses the broken things, the hurtful things, the painful things, and has a way of redeeming them in his eternal story. God sent Jesus to resolve the Santa Krampus treadmill to give us freedom from our hopelessness and worthlessness, our shame and guilt, our addiction and expectations unmet, our burdens, and to give us never-ending peace and joy. That is the good news. Hi, this is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church Columbus. Did you know that these Meeting with God messages actually come from sermons given at our church home, Vertical Church Columbus? You know, in addition to hearing God's word proclaimed every week, you'll find a warm, loving church family of authentic followers of Jesus Christ. If you live in Columbus, Ohio, but are not currently connected to a church home, we'd love to invite you to visit us at 1290 Old Henderson Road in Columbus near the intersection of 315 and Henderson Road.
Now look back with me at the text. If you notice in verse 12, it says, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Then you fast forward to verse 15. If the angels have gone into heaven, it says, and when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, that news sounds totally overrated. I'm too tired to go to Bethlehem. Maybe we'll check on this next week. No, that's not what they said. Look what the text says. It says, and they, they said, let us go over into Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw him, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. You know, the interesting thing is, what if the shepherds had never investigated the good news? Well, the truth is you wouldn't even know the story because it probably comes to us via Mary and Joseph. Jot this down quickly. The last thought for us this morning, we have good news and a sign to investigate. Just as the shepherds were told, go and see, here is a sign. You can prove this. God is a God that proves his grace. Here's the word I have to give to you that I hope you'll take home with you. And it's the word investigate, investigate the good news. How terrible would it have been if these shepherds had simply ignored the message? I don't think you could after that. They were shaking. They were, um, if you were with angels, you'd be, you'd be terrified, followed by hugely inspired to go check out the information. But the truth is we can hear the same good news. We can hear the same message and walk away and be entirely unchanged, unmoved, unless we investigate. Now, here's the thing I'm going to ask every one of us to prayerfully consider. Really, there's two types of people in this room. There are those who have never made the decision to follow Jesus Christ. You're here because you still wanted to see some kids. You're here because it's Christmas and that's what people in America do. You're here because somebody dragged you here. I don't know why you're here. You're here for a lot of reasons, but you The one thing, the most defining thing about your life is that you are not following Jesus Christ. The good news essentially means nothing to you at this moment. But then the rest, the other group, the second group, are those who are here who have chosen to follow Jesus Christ, who love him, and whether you're actively pursuing him or you've had a bad week, wherever you are, you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Let me ask both of you, both groups, wherever you are, whichever one you put yourself in to investigate something. Here's the first one. If you would find yourself on this side and you either don't know what it is to follow Jesus Christ, or you know, you're not following him. My challenge to you is to investigate the good news and to experience it. And the way you do that is simply choosing to believe on Jesus Christ to find forgiveness of your sins through his work on the cross and to have restored relationship with him as you commit to following him. 
Maybe you're like, well, I have questions. I don't know if I can trust God. Maybe it's myths. Maybe it's, I have questions. I don't know. I want you to know you're in the perfect place. One of the things that I love about our church culture here is that we believe in pursuing a thinking faith. It's not just about feelings. God's word is based on historical facts. Jesus Christ came to earth. He, the work he did on the cross is historical. We just read about some historical things that happened. And if you have questions, like, how does this work together? How do I know if I'm following him? What if I can't explain pain in a broken world? How could a good God allow bad things to happen? How do I bring this all together? If you're thinking those questions, you're in the perfect place. We'd love to talk to you. I would love to talk to you. Or maybe you're in a place today and you're like, well, I'm a believer. I've heard that story. I've embraced Jesus Christ. I'm going to challenge you not to stop there. Oh, it's Christmas. We're just going to sentimentally run through Christmas and enjoy the good news again. I want to ask you to do something more. I love the prayer that Paul prayed over the Ephesians. He wanted them to investigate and rejoice, not just have joy, but rejoice in what God had given them. You know, sometimes as believers, we can get caught, even though we know Jesus has done everything for us and that we don't have to do good works to get saved. We only do good works because we're already saved. We can essentially take ourselves back over here and start living like the Santa Krampus thing is the real deal. And we, we act like, like we have to keep doing things to earn God's favor as though the gospel is not really good news. I love the prayer in Ephesians chapter one that Paul prayed over the Ephesians. He said he was remembering them in his prayers. And he said, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give you the spirit, the Holy spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him that having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know What is the hope to which he has called you on a deeper level? And what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints on a deeper level? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might on a deeper level? Could I challenge you if you're a believer in Jesus to investigate the good news and live it out and, ex- and rejoice in it and let God even open your eyes to it. That's what I've been praying over the last few weeks as I've been studying this passage in Ephesians. God, open my eyes on a greater level to the greatness of the good news. I'm going to invite the worship team to come join me up. But as they're coming up, I want to ask all of us this question. But especially those who might be in this camp and don't know the good news of Jesus, aren't living by the good news of Jesus. Listen, you can stay on a search for a Messiah. The shepherds had the choice when they were told that Christ had been born, they could have stayed put and continued to look for another Jewish leader, a military leader, some other kind of leader. They could have stayed on their search for a Messiah or they had the choice to embrace the child. You can stay on a search for a Messiah all your life, a political leader, finding a spouse, finding a better place to work, finding more purpose in life, a sports hero. Everybody's looking for a Messiah something. 
thinking that somehow that will bring ultimate fulfillment. But here's the thing you need to remember. Jesus did everything. He came to save you. He came to save every one of us. And if you're willing to embrace the gift of salvation by faith, to put your belief on him, to realize you can't be good enough, but he was, and that he died to forgive, to pay the penalty for your sin and offers you forgiveness. If you're willing to embrace Jesus, you can have the gift of salvation. And maybe you're wondering, well, how? How do I get it? Well, it's really as simple as ABC. If you want to apply the good news to your life today, you need to admit that you're a sinner. You need to acknowledge that you need help, that you are a sinner and you cannot save yourself. Second of all, B, you need, you need to believe on Jesus Christ, to believe that he is the Savior, he is the Messiah, and he's the one that can save you, not just everybody else, but that he wants to save you. And third, you need to commit You can believe a lot of things, but commitment is a choice to follow Jesus Christ. To follow him as your Savior and Lord. In a minute, I'm going to pray. And if you find yourself wanting to embrace the good news for the first time, I'm going to lead us through a prayer that you can simply pray along with me in the quietness of your heart. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hands or do anything. It's just between you and God. In a minute, we're going to take communion. You can see it up here. Um, We're going to take Christmas communion together. I want to remind everyone, communion is for only for believers. If you're not a follower of Jesus, this is not for you. These elements, the bread and the cup, are a reminder of Jesus' death on the cross, paying the penalty for our sin, and it's also a reminder that he's coming again, that the second advent is coming soon. But perhaps you're here and you're like, well, I want to embrace the Savior. Well, this could be your opportunity to have your first communion, your first real communion. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for that day when that angel came and your glory spread on that hillside. Into the darkness of that night, the light of heaven shone down. But more than just a moment, it was a message of good news in a Savior who had come. And Father, all the way to today, we celebrate that good news. Not just a baby coming, not just a brand new baby, which is so much to celebrate, but salvation through that child would come to all of us, to the whole world. But Lord, the whole world doesn't matter if we don't individually embrace the Savior. As I mentioned a minute ago, if you want to embrace Jesus Christ, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Just pray this in your own heart with the Lord. Just tell the Lord here first. Tell the Lord you're a sinner. Admit it. Sometimes it's hard to admit it, but admit it. Father, as a pastor, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. Just tell the Lord, I admit it. I'm a sinner. But then second of all, Tell the Lord in prayer in your own heart that you believe on Jesus Christ, that you're going to trust him, that you're going to embrace the gift of forgiveness and embrace his righteousness given to you as a free gift. Believe on Jesus. Just tell him that and then finally tell him, Tell him that you're committed to following him now. You're committed to embracing the Savior 
following him with your whole life. Father, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, who saves us from our sin, who offers us the gift of salvation and then welcomes us into your family, a family that starts here on earth but ends in your presence forever. God, I pray for any person here who has just embraced you for the first time. God, would this be the greatest moment of their life here on earth? God, would it change them in every way? Would they experience your peace and joy and hope as never before? God, we all together thank you for the gospel. We thank you for us, Jesus, coming and giving his life on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. We celebrate that as we celebrate Christmas. Without Easter, Christmas loses its meaning. But together, it's the best story ever told. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. If you missed part of today's message or would like to hear other messages from Pastor Luke Aarons, please visit our archive of Meeting with God radio programs at our website, verticalchurch.life. There you'll find a collection of past messages from God's Word, which you can listen to easily, as well as share with your family and friends. Also on our website, you can learn how to connect with Vertical Church personally if you're in Columbus or leave a prayer request. As always, we hope you'll join us here tomorrow at the very same time for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.